I'm not sure I'm ready for a relationship. That is a giant red flag. They are telling you today, I am going to hurt you. In case you didn't hear, I am going to hurt you. They're telling you to your face that you are going to get your heart broken here. Welcome to the show, Matt. I'm very honored to be back a third time. Well, I'm so freaking glad to have you on today. Very specifically today, I want to talk to you about commitment because mm. the one thing that I'm finding from a lot of women that I'm hearing is how do I get him to commit or I'm not sure if he's willing to commit or I don't know if he's the right person and do I commit to him if he's not committing to me first so I really want to go down the commitment avenue of mm. and let's just start with why is it that people struggle do you think with commitment especially in today's society well when it comes to struggling with the very uh, notion of committing social media has exacerbated and magnified the the ego the needs we have the need for attention the need for connection the need we're seeing all of these things and in a sense the same is true of dating apps what dating apps do and what the choice problem does is it it interrupts the normal kind of attraction circuitry so if we go on a date back in the day before any of this was a possibility a it probably would have been more difficult to get that date <laughs> right. right some people today would say well it's probably easier because now i talk to all these people on apps and it never even turns into a date so there's that but in order to get on a date back in the day you had to do something brave right and because you were brave you kind of valued it differently you know when you do a brave thing and because you did a brave thing you value it i went over there and i spoke to that person and he or she liked me and said yes what are the chances they said yes and we ended up exchanging numbers and and then someone had to call they couldn't even text they had to call they had to call and say do you want to go on a date that takes bravery it takes effort yeah. and then you got on the date which already you value more because effort had to go into getting the date and now after the date what happens it it's effort to get another date right so you're probably actually just appreciative of the date you have and you're looking forward to the next time you see that person so now what you have is a very very important part of attraction is anticipation is the the there's a there's a dark and negative side to the fantasizing about someone which is all the projection we do and mm. attributing wonderful qualities to them we don't even know they have yet and that makes everything too high stakes too soon makes us fall in love too quickly but it also has a bright side which is when we're away from someone and we're investing in them through our thoughts even if it's not visible to them we're investing psychologically in the situation what could it be we're with replaying the date oh wasn't it really fun when that happened oh i really like that thing they said oh i can't wait to see them again all oh, right you know i'm a little nervous about seeing them again we have all of that that creates a a, a kind of attraction narrative an attraction plot line mm. that plays out well compare that with now you go on a dating app you're talking not just to one person most likely you're talking to multiple people imagine trying to watch five movies at the same time <laughs> and enjoying any one of them it doesn't matter how great any of the movies are 
You're watching five at the same time. If you've got five screens in front of you at the same time, you're watching movies like people watch sports in a sports bar where there's baseball and there's football and there's basketball and there's, you're not invest, you're not deeply invested in any one game. You're not in it. You're, you're being spread amongst all these multiple plot lines. So it's harder to get invested. Now you go on a date, right? At the end of that date, we get home. And what do we do? Within seconds, we open up our phone. We go straight to the app that got us the date in the first place. And we see what else is going on? Who else has messaged me? And you're into not only another attraction plot line, but you've had the one that you were in disrupted. That could be a positive thing in the sense of not getting us too invested too quickly in one person, but it can also, the, the dark side of it is that we never really get invested in anybody. Wow, I love that you, you point out the, the dark and the light. That's mm. really powerful and you're 100% right. It's just easy, right, to flip through people. It's like, oh, maybe there's someone else, maybe there's someone else, mm. maybe there's someone else. But with Tom and I, it's like we were dating cross country. So it was like you had to plan the time that you were going to speak on the phone and that commitment to each other um, was very evident almost from the start because we either um, showed the commitment in, in our actions or we didn't. So to me, that was a great sign that, oh, he's willing to commit to this like I am. We value what we invest in. It, you know, we, we want to know what's valuable so that we can invest in it. But, but it also works the other way around. You are investing in something. Mm. And the more you invest in it, the more you care about it. But if you never invest in anything, it's the same as a job. You know, you, you really, the career you sculpt for yourself, that you really work on and you really make your own, that's, you end up caring about it because you've invested in it. That's so true. So then how do you navigate when someone is, let's say I'm in a relationship and I'm looking to commit, I'm putting the time and effort and energy like you said, I'm really nurturing it, but the other person isn't doing the same. Mm. How do you approach the commitment discussion from the get-go um, and know whether you should invest because sometimes there, is there, is there really even a should or shouldn't? Um, because so many women that I personally know have gone into, okay, I'm going to commit to this person. They've poured themselves in it, but they're not getting it reciprocated back. Mm -hmm. And so now what ends up happening is because of their past, they are now afraid to commit, not because they don't want to commit, but because they're afraid to, because they've given it so much before mm -hmm. and it wasn't reciprocated. We have to look at our own patterns and say, what happened before that led me to so much pain? Because I'm associating this pain with the idea of me giving a lot. But, but maybe this pain has been misattributed. Maybe this pain is not the result of me having given a lot. The pain is the result of me having ignored a lot of what I wasn't getting. The, the giving part of me is one of the most beautiful parts of me. I always think when we leave a relationship where it didn't pan out, but we threw ourselves in and gave our all, we get to see the best side of ourselves in a way. Mm. You know, we get to see what we can be when we really show up. That should actually give us some confidence, knowing that, God, that's, I gave it to the wrong person maybe, that's who I can be. And people don't do that though, right? They beat themselves up and like, I can't believe I gave myself yeah. over. Why did I do it? Yeah. And it almost has the opposite. We, at least for me, I didn't see it as being beautiful. I just told myself, you're so stupid, Lisa. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And, 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 and two things are important. One is to take, 
take the beauty in what you gave and know that in the right hands, that remains a beautiful thing. Mm. But to, under, to really seek to understand what was I ignoring and why was I ignoring it? What was going on with me that I was ignoring it? Not to beat myself up. I really don't believe in that. Don't say, I can't believe I didn't do this before. I'm so stupid. Say, I wish, you know, yeah, it would have been nice if I'd had this information then, but I was, I'm a different person now. And that's where change comes from is that I'm legitimately a different person than I was when I was making those decisions before. The danger is if we say giving equals pain. No, giving doesn't equal pain. Ignoring things, ignoring the fact that I'm giving to the wrong person equals pain. And therefore, being more practical or measured or, or conscious about who I give my energy to is really the, the, the better frame that I need to have, the better paradigm I need to have going forward. Now, you could look at that practically in the context of your original question, which is, you know, how do you know who to give to? And what if you're not getting it back? Mm. You can apply a practical model in terms of time. You could say, to yourself, what amount of time am I willing to lose? If I really believe in this and I believe in this person, what amount of time am I willing to lose? Am I willing to give for a month or for two months and to see where this can go if I really give my all? In which case, fine, let me put a two month cap on it. But let me not reevaluate that at the end of two months and go, well, maybe I'll give it another six. That's what I was gonna say, people may move the goalpost. Right, and so that's why it's, time isn't the only factor because if you just said, I'm gonna give relentlessly for two months, mm then it gives you an excuse not to pay attention to what you're getting in return. <laughs> Unconditional love doesn't, isn't real in the context of romantic relationships. It's just not. We want to believe it is, but it's not. Yeah. Romantic relationships are conditional because who would want to be in a relationship long term with someone who never gave back? A relationship can't be unconditional love because you're choosing to enter into a, you know, a, a, an agreement with someone about us being together, us spending time together, us having an effect on each other's energy, on, on how we spend our time, on, and I'm gonna give to you. And there's, there's an opportunity cost to that because it means I can't give to somebody else and, and therefore I need a genuine teammate. Mm. And so I need to assess in the moment, is this person acting like a teammate or is this person just taking? Is this person just using me because they want some validation at this point in their life? Mm. You know, do they, am I just a, a brief chapter for them, but I'm actually investing in this as if it's going somewhere. Those are the kinds of questions we have to ask ourselves. And then we have to be brave enough to ask questions of somebody that, that may have answers with we fear. Right. Most people are afraid to ask the questions that, can, that may contain answers they're not ready to handle. And so what they say is, oh, I'm just seeing what it is. I'm just... I'm just going with the flow. And that becomes really a euphemism for, mm. I'm scared to ask a question. I'm afraid to talk about that because I'm afraid I'll get an answer I don't want. Or I'm afraid I'll get an answer that, or I'm afraid that me asking the question is gonna scare someone away. Right. But if it's going so well, how are you gonna scare someone away that easily? How is that, how is that gonna scare them away if it's going well? It can only scare away <laughs> the wrong person. It can't scare away the right person. So true. Well, the thing I've been working on for years with people is both the theoretical side, the philosophical side, and the practical side of mm. all of this, because there's a, 
people will say, okay, so I need to go and have the conversation. So how do I have the conversation? What does it mean to have the conversation? Now we're into the language mm-hmm. of it, not just the theory. And that's really important. If you wanted to learn to public speak, you there would be a philosophical element of how what mindset should you have when you go on stage. But there's also a very practical element of how do you structure a great speech? What are the actual words that come out of my mouth? Exactly. Should you then, yeah, vocalize, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a committed relationship. Are you willing or is that too harsh? Well, it, everything is about timing. And in the beginning of dating, you don't have to say, are we leading to a committed relationship? Because on date two, <laughs> that is going to freak someone out mm. most likely. But if someone told you three or four weeks in, I don't want a relationship. You're more than within your rights to say, I, listen, I am very much in a place in my life where casual fun is not exciting to me. What's exciting to me is actually creating something more meaningful, like a real connection with someone. And I don't need you to decide next week to be in a committed relationship with me. We're still getting to know each other. I don't even know you well enough to necessarily know that right now. But if you're not even open to the prospect of something more, then I think I might need to redirect my energy somewhere else. That's, that's strong. Mm-hmm. It's still compassionate. It's non-judgmental because mm-hmm. that's the place people go when they're angry or when they're afraid. Well, why aren't you looking for a committed relationship? Or, oh, so you're just looking for a bit of fun? Or It's like, whoa, don't bring anger into it. Mm. Your game is not to worry about someone else. Your game is energy management for yourself because people burn out today in dating. There's a lot of what's, you know, you can term dating burnout. People are tired of the apps. They're tired of dates that don't go anywhere. They're tired of, oh my God, I was texting someone for three months and then nothing even came of it. I'm so sick of this. But people burn out when they use their energy in in ways that burn it too quickly, or when they invest too much in something that isn't actually going anywhere, or when they have long protracted pseudo relationships with someone who doesn't actually want the same thing, but they get stuck in limbo with that person. That's poor energy management. What I wanna do is always be aware, I have a limited amount of energy. Not everyone can have it. And my heart isn't something I give, it's a house that I invite people into. Right? I don't just give my heart. It's a, it's a, it's a place. Mm-hmm. And I don't just let any old stranger, because they seem attractive, come and just live in the house. So that early stage is really about, it, there's almost a, my brother has this phrase, my brother Steve Hussey is a writer for us. He has invest and test. Mm-hmm. Give a little. See how someone responds to that. If they respond positively and if they give a little back, that's wonderful. It's like texting someone in the morning. You text someone in the morning and say, I hope you're having a great day, handsome. You know, how's your morning so far? That's wonderful. It's beautiful. You don't need to sit there and go, would Matthew Hussey tell me to text him this morning (laughs) or should I not? Yeah, just be authentic. Just be you. But tomorrow, maybe see if they reach out to you in the morning. Or even if, if you did it the last two days, see if on the third day they do it. But if you, people will come to me and say, I think they like me. You know, every time I text them, they respond. When I ask them out, they say yes. Okay, but what happens if you don't? 
What happens if you're not the one doing the work? Do they then step in to fill that space? Is it a dance? Or is it just you always walking over to meet them where they are? That's the dangerous part. You have to you have to be brave enough to step in sometimes, but you also have to be brave enough to step back and see if they mm. step in. And that's what a lot of people just don't do. They give and they give and they give and they're not discerning about whether someone's meeting them at that level of energy. I think yeah because it's it's just really hard to be to feel rejected, right? So I think that that comes part of it is like if you step back, you are now leaving space to be hurt. Because if they don't come towards you, that hurts, right? That you get it, you can get in your own head that I'm not good enough or whatever narrative you're telling yeah. yourself. So I actually get why that is difficult, but I totally understand that it is necessary. Because if you don't, then you're always stepping in and being the one that's giving and that's not right. receiving. And there's some people that never step in. So mm. they have the opposite problem. Mm. They're so defensive and their walls are so up that they never actually take the brave step of stepping in and letting someone know that they like them or letting them know that that they would like to see them again. Right. You know, and and they because they're so afraid that if I do that I can be rejected. So I'm going to make it so that someone can't even reject me. But that's, you know, that then then we're we're not getting results for the opposite reason. If we step in all the time and never give someone space, we lose someone's respect. Mm-hmm. If we never step in, then someone can't even get close enough to find out how amazing we are. So we go around saying no one ever likes me or nothing ever happens for me but you're never actually giving someone enough of yourself for them to get invested. Mm. They're just seeing you from the outside. So true. I like that you said that you know when we just need to look back at our own behaviors and where are the things that we did where are the flags that we ignored like that's so powerful like taking ownership to say how can I not make the same mistake next time. Um should we worry about our partner's past and their level of commitment commitment in their past relationships. So let's say I've done all the work myself, I've assessed how I've gotten into a habit of maybe committing more than my partner or wanting commitment and not receiving it. I've mm-hmm. done all the work. Now when I make the selection because you know, I think selection really matters, when I make the selection to go on a date or to be with somebody, how much does their past mm. influence who they're going to show up as and how much should I worry about that because one of the phrases while um scary I do think it's true if they do it for you they'll do it to you mm-hmm. and so worrying that if somebody let's say has left a partner for you or something like that how much do you have to worry about that their level of commitment in past relationships tricky question <laughs> there is a difference i think between someone who comes to you already showing evidence of having shifted gears from their past and someone who in a sense the very behaviors of the past you're worried about are actually baked into the beginning of the relationship mm-hmm. because they you know they they're with you because they cheated on their wife or their boyfriend or whatever in order to be with you that is hard of is someone's going to have a much harder job convincing you that that behavior is in the past for them mm. when the very way that the relationship started is a reflection of that behavior mm. so i do think there's a distinction to be made if someone has had a past but they're saying you know i've met you under different circumstances 
I and and if you see that someone is acknowledging mm. their past, if you see mm. that they are taking ownership for their past, and and that therefore you're able to see a true evolution there, even just in the way that they're owning it. Now it's not an easy task. The job of anybody who has a past is to speak well about the changes that have occurred in them and why they've occurred mm. and to then back those those claims up with real action there's a there's a you know character is consistent character is something that you see in people's actions every day it's not in a grand gesture it's what behavior am i seeing from this person every day it doesn't really matter if someone's telling you they've changed all that matters is what your actual experience of mm. that person is am i experiencing a person who really that what i'm seeing fits with what they're telling me and it's human to have insecurity about a a pattern that someone has had i love that one of my favorite things is a reputation isn't built or shattered over one thing a reputation becomes something that you do consistently one way or another so if someone has a ends up having a reputation with me of being non-committal there's a reason for it and that person you know it's not incumbent on our partners to suddenly have to reverse an opinion based on something we've done <laughs> you know i i did this but now i'm sorry so now clean slate time i have to it right. doesn't life's not like that we owe that person the space to hey look i'm different i know i'm different i'm asking for you to give me space to show you that i'm different but i don't expect you to believe in every aspect of that before you've seen it therefore i'm not asking you right now to brainwash yourself into not being worried about this i'm asking for the space to prove that what i'm saying is real and that's in a way the most we can ask for hmm. is the space to show them something different not that i expect you to be able to do some sort of men in black device <laughs> and you know, you'll forget yeah like no it's yeah. not that's not real life and and it's and a loving and compassionate act on behalf of the person with the past mm. is to understand that and and to say i you don't need to believe me just give me space to show you what if you don't know if someone's got a growth mindset yet or not and you start talking to someone about their past and they say well it was my girlfriend she was this she was that how do you know in those moments if he's actually seeing the situation correctly or she I shouldn't just say he that they are seeing the situation correctly or that they're not telling it with complete blinders over their eyes because you'd like to believe if someone says well look this person was pressuring me and I actually wasn't honest I wasn't ready for a commitment I told her I wasn't ready for a commitment and yet she just kept going and so that's why we broke up all right if you told me that story I'd be like oh my god I've totally get it I can't believe she tried to change you right that would be my instinct but how do i actually know in those moments if it's true or if it's just his own blindness to the situation yeah we have to be aware that when someone comes to us they are giving us their version of events and we can't necessarily know if what they're saying is the truth of the matter or how blind they are 
Sometimes people are lying and sometimes mm -hmm. they've blinded themselves to the reality of a situation. I But, think a lot of the time well, we I, do. I think for our emotional survival, right. we do that. Right, yeah, 100%. So that we can still feel like the good person in life. So we can escape our own self-loathing. Yeah. So we compartmentalize and we do all of those things. I can't stress this enough. We Look, on a first date, your job is not to be a human lie detector. Your job is to, to see if what they're saying aligns with the kind of person you're seeing in front of you. You know, they, they are playing the, you know, they say they're so kind and generous and whatever, but they're, they're, being, they're being mean to this poor waiter that's coming over mm -hmm. and being short with them and haven't got the time of day to even look them in the eye. And, and it's like, well, okay. Your generosity isn't coming out in this moment. So you, you see a disconnect. Okay, I'm going to pay attention to that. I'm not going to ignore that. Maybe I'm not going to judge it too harshly, but I'm also not going to ignore that. So that's one thing. But over time, we have to pay attention to situations where something just feels wrong, where, where we are noticing that even though this person is saying all of these things, they're saying the right things and they're making us feel a certain way in the conversation, but then actually the behavior you're noticing and the way you're feeling most of the time is really not good. We lose trust in ourselves in life. We, we doubt ourselves. We say, maybe this is just me. Maybe this is just my insecurity. Maybe I'm, I'm being too difficult about this. And, and, and I think that's an argument for having people you trust around you Who, who are willing to give you honest opinions mm. on things. I think there's a real argument for that, whether they come in the form of mentors or friends or, uh, you know, could be parents that just will give you the honest truth, not, an, not a biased truth, but will look at a situation and be like, that, the fact that this person is, is doing this is not okay. Mm -hmm. It actually is, you're right to feel like this isn't okay behavior or that this feels disrespectful it sounds like it is disrespectful you need people around you who you can trust but when you have people around you you can trust this is really important you have to give them the honest facts of the story that's <laughs> so true you can't do the thing you can't go to it's like oh, going to so a, a therapist and creating your own echo chamber with a therapist because you tell them all of the shitty things that the person you're dating is doing But you don't tell them the crazy thing you did two days ago. You don't tell them, you leave out the message that started the whole conversation where you asked a question and said all of this stuff and accused <laughs> them of this. And you're like, you know, and so now the, your friend, your therapist, your parent, your whoever is saying, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they said that. But the, you're leaving out details that allow them to have an objective situation. Mm. And so when you're worried that you're being disrespected or lied to, or that you should be wary, that someone could be conning you, firstly, listen to your own gut. But if you're finding it difficult to trust your gut because you're too close to the situation, and that happens to all of us at times in our life, make sure when you go to other people that you're not now doing a con mission on them. Be prepared to look, put all of your crazy on the table. All of the things that you're like, I can't tell them that. I always think to myself, when you have a good enough friend or therapist or whoever, 
you have to be willing to tell them the thing that you really want to leave out. Mm-hmm. What's the thing you really, you're like, I want to have this conversation, but I don't want to say this part. That's usually the part that will give you the most relief by saying. And clarity, I think. Yes. I love that so much. Also, how you say it, because you may repeat a story to your friends That's and right. you're not necessarily lying, but you don't say that you were a bitch when you said it. You said it harshly and you stared them in the eye with your, you know, yeah, whites yeah. of your eyes showing. Yeah, you could go, you could go. So I, <laughs> so I said to them, listen, if this isn't going somewhere, let's just, you know, let's just call it a day. Yeah. But in reality, you were up in that person's face going, listen, right. if this, and you're like, you, you pass in a story, you go, so I just, you know, just <laughs> threw it out there. <laughs> I so love that you said that. Because here's the thing, while I laugh, it's like, what, we do this and it doesn't seem like a big deal. But your point being is that we have to adjust. If we really want to get to the root, if we want to improve, if we want to get in these relationships where we're not let's say, you know, spending years and then realizing, oh my God, they're not committed. Now I've just potentially wasted this time is open your eyes, be honest, be that real with yourself about how you're acting. And then if you're saying it to a friend, be real, because what is your goal? Like that's always I come back to, right? Am I going to my friend for an answer or am I going for validation? Yes. And and, and if if you're going to your friend for validation, you ain't growing out of that situation and it's not coming closer to what you really want it to be. I mean, we can literally, this is the really dangerous thing, we can literally go to our friends and family and engineer the answers we want. Mm -hmm. We're really good at it. You know, if I can have clients who really want to text a guy back deep down, this guy's been treating them poorly or basically been non-existent, but they really want to send him a message. And so, you know, I, I was speaking with a, a client recently who the guy said in the context of going on another date, yeah, it'd be nice. We'll see. Not an interesting text. No. Like, okay, well, now let's redirect our attention. But she found a friend who looked at that message and decided it was a flirtatious message on his part. Mm. Like as in he was saying, We'll see, give me a reason to. And so she was like, so I realized, oh, he was trying to be flirtatious. So I texted him back and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a jump, but it's a jump that you've enabled for yourself by you've looked for the one friend that tells you the thing you wanna hear, that this wasn't in fact a weak, boring, non-committal message from someone who wasn't ready, didn't wanna commit to another date. This was a guy flirting with you and you should have flirted back and now you need to text him back. And it's like, we'll always look for justification for the thing that we want to do anyway. Right, confirmation bias, right? Instead of looking bias, for right? the answer that's actually going to make us happier. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal. Like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion 
billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. But I get why, like, it can be so crippling. Like, even as you're breaking it down, it's like, well, no wonder people fear making a move in the first place because they're like, is it too much? Is it too little? Am I on it? Do I, you know, like, it, it can be somewhat overwhelming where you get in your own head too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, where That's you're trying to decipher because texting is very difficult to decipher someone's tone, for sure. And even with, so with Tom and I, he just, he, when he, we first started Quest, he was so freaking busy. Actually, sorry, before Quest, it was when I was a stay-at-home wife and he was at work. All day, every day, just chasing money. Um, that was like, just try and get as much money as possible so we can make movies. And he was miserable. He was doing it for eight years. He freaking hated it. And he was busy all the time. And so it got to the point where I was miserable. He was miserable. And when I would text him, I would get like, hey, dinner's ready at this time or whatever. I would text him. And he put K, the letter K. Now, I know he's stressed and I'm stressed, I know he loves me, and I love him, but that wasn't gonna fly with Uh me. Because I was like, I'm sacrificing so fucking much by not being with you, not spending time with you, uh, giving you so much space that you can go off and be an entrepreneur, and I'm gonna support you, but there's a line. And I was like, babe, this is the line. I'm your wife, because he's like, well, well, it's just quickly, like he's in a rush, like, so he just, and I'm like, I just need the O. Just give me the (laughs) O. Yeah. He was like, all right. So now he takes his okay. And I'm like, that's all I need. But K <laughs> to me, no matter how you shake it or bake it, interprets it as I'm a bother to you. Yeah. Okay doesn't. That's funny. But that, see, what determines, there's, there's two things that determine the strength of the relationship in that moment. One is the way you bring it up. Mm-hmm. And the other is the way that it's received. Mm. When you're able to bring it up, and this takes it's not easy. It takes confidence and it takes a standard for how we communicate. We have to have a standard for how we communicate because otherwise our demons take over. And 
you got the message, you got K, and now you stew and you go, you're, you know, it's like now I'm passively aggressive and when they get home, I'm cold, but we spend a whole dinner not knowing why. And, you know, at the end of dinner, someone's like, what is wrong? And you're like, nothing. <laughs> no progress can be made here. So true. You've just shown for the last two hours that you're pissed, and then they ask is like nothing. Right, and you've both had to just. It's almost. It feels like wasted time because it's like we could have been building right now. Instead, we've just been treading water and 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 burning energy. And when you can say, "Babe, here's a, here's a thing. You send me K." And I'm doing all of this and I and I, it, I feel like, you know, I hope you agree. I'm making a lot of sacrifices and I'm doing a lot mm. and so on. And at the end of the night, when I'm looking forward to seeing you and you just write one letter in response to that, that, that really isn't a nice feeling. Um, and it's, again, it's not about throwing in someone's mm. face at that point. All of the things you're doing is about saying, look, because I'm... You know, I hope you agree. Mm. I'm doing all of these things and, I'm, I, and I love doing those things for you. And I love making those sacrifices because it matters to me. But when you do that, it, it feels disrespectful. Now mm. you get to see what the relationship can be. Because if you can bring a beautiful frame of reference in the way that you communicate something, and then someone else says, oh my God, you're making such a big deal out of this. Mm. It's like, oof, okay. Well, it took some effort to phrase this compassionately. And it took some effort to not let my demons take over. And it took some effort to be this vulnerable with you. And you've met it by making me feel like an asshole or making me feel insecure, you know, insecure or making me feel crazy or that's an issue. Mm. That's an issue. And now a new issue has to be dressed. Yeah. Baby, what the way you're answering me right now is, is newly hurtful because mm. I'm, you know, when you sent me that K, I was actually hurt. And I wanted to bring it up kindly to you and lovingly. And I feel like I'm not getting a loving response mm. in return. You, now you see what response you get to that. Yeah. And now you, you see if this is a relationship that can make progress. All of these moments where you have friction are absolutely necessary. They're wonderful because they give you a moment to put another brick in the house of the relationship. Because we're going to have this conversation. It's going to be great. It's going to make us stronger. That's awesome. I always think that if for anyone who has anxiety about arguments in a relationship, oh my God, this argument's going to hurt us. How do I, I, I'm worried about it. I want to take it back. I've had that anxiety in the past. I'm like, you know, that feeling of self-hatred where you, I would give anything to take that argument back. And then mm -hmm. it causes you anxiety. Why did I do that? Why did all the, I, I am, so proud in my relationship of the arguments that have happened that have enabled us to get closer. Yeah. That actually it would have been very hard for us to get as close without those arguments. It's a really important thing to remember. So every time there's a moment where someone sends you the K, how whatever form it comes yeah. in, see this, this is a wonderful opportunity to see what kind of relationship I actually have. Do I have the kind of relationship I really think I have? Or is it going to be revealed to be something else? That's a great moment mm -hmm. to know that. 
All right, guys, you may or may not know that I was a stay-at-home housewife for eight years. And during those eight years, um, in hindsight, I was extremely bored and I literally would just waste every moment I could. Just I literally would just kill time until my husband came home. And after having done that for eight years and then finding myself and really building my independence and who I am, I have realized that I literally do not want to spend even one more second wasting time. And so I'm going to tell you a true story that actually happened a couple of weeks ago. So um, I had a contractor working on a set that we were building and I bought him lunch and dinner. And (laughs) I said, hey, have the extra dish just in case. Anyway, he goes home. And he texts me, he's like, oh my God, Lisa, I can't believe that I forgot my second meal outside. I'm so sorry, would you mind just going and grabbing it and putting it in the fridge? Well, I responded, sorry, I've already spent eight years of my life doing nothing. I'm not going to spend eight years and two minutes. So um, why am I telling you the story? Because to me, time is something I can never get back. Like literally, I can never get back time. So how do I optimize my time is something I think about on a freaking daily basis. And until I am able to clone myself or to add hours to the day, I really, really, really want to introduce you to our great partners, Blinkist. Guys, Blinkist literally are my heroes. They are able to save so much time in learning. So what Blinkist does, guys, is they take the key ideas and insights from over 4,000 non-fiction bestsellers in more than 27 freaking categories and gather them together in 15-minute text and audio explainers that help you understand more about the core idea without having to spend the sometimes 10 hours actually reading the book. Let me repeat, guys. They have literally found a way to save time and learning. I'm so freaking excited about it, you cannot possibly imagine. Like, talk about a freaking superpower. Blinkist is it. Like, they are my superheroes. And now, Blinkist actually has shortcasts to quickly catch up on podcast episodes that you've missed. So I love that they are always evolving their platform. And guys, right now, they have two books that I am truly, truly obsessed with that I absolutely recommend. Girl, Wash Your Face by my girl, Rachel Hollis, and then Dare to Lead, by my hopefully soon homie, Brene Brown. Haven't had the pleasure to meet her, but one day, but damn, her book is so freaking good. It is a must read. So right now, guys, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash W-O-I for Women of Impact to start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership and up to 65% off audiobooks that you actually, guys, get to keep forever. It's a win-win. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash W-O-I to get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership and a seven free day trial. And until next time, guys, remember to be the hero of your own life. Peace out. But in those moments, it does become tricky because, you know, in hindsight, it's always easy to say, oh, we dealt with it like this and we said it like this. But no, no, no. In those moments... In that moment, I felt so right. I'm like, who the fuck sends Kay to their wife? Right? Like, like in my head, I feel so justified. I'm like, there's no universe where a guy thinks sending Kay to his wife is a sweet and charming thing to do. But I remind myself, there is no right or wrong. 
There literally is no right or wrong. If I know that he loves me, so do I think that he's doing it on purpose? No. So we just have a difference of an opinion. Mm, mm, mm. So in those moments, I want to come in and be like, hey, do you think, like, what? I can't believe you don't even put the O. But it's like, no, no. He's got a different perspective on it. Mm. So instead of saying, I can't believe you don't do the O, I come and say, this is how I feel. And I don't think that that's good. So I'd like to request just the extra O. Because I knew that I wasn't, because I was, I was like, look, I'm not expecting long line. I understand your position, right? So getting, I understand where you come from. Yep. I understand why you do empathy, it. It's compassion. There's no malice yep. there. I don't yep. feel like it's malice, but it does come across this and being able to have that conversation like that. And, and look, let's say that you didn't do it that, like in a different world where you did go and just yell at him right. because of that situation. That's okay too, because you can recover at any point. It's never too late to come to someone with compassion and vulnerability. If you'd have done that, you know, how dare you send me a K when I'm doing all of these things for you, whatever. You can always have, you come back to it later that night and you say, listen, I got angry because I was just actually quite hurt. You know, I felt like I do love doing all of these things for you and it makes me feel good to do them. But then I got scared when I felt like they weren't being valued. And, and, and when you said K, it made me feel like we were in an uneven situation, mm. in an uneven relationship where I'm doing all of these things, but I wouldn't be able to expect the same from you in return or the same level of respect in return. And that may not be true. That's always a good line. I might be reading that completely wrong, mm -hmm. but I wanted you to know that that's, that's where that came from for me. I stand by what I said about, you know, wanting more than that when you, re when you respond. But the way I reached out, I'm not proud. The way I said that, I'm not proud of. Um, but I wanted you to know where it was coming from. Every second that goes by is just another moment to, to show who you are, how much you love someone, what your boundaries are, what you believe in, what kind of relationship you want to create. Um, and so, but every time we're hung up on a mistake we've made or, or, some, or something someone else has done or whatever, we're not, we're not living in the moment of what can be made beautiful now. Mm. I love that. Um, and when it comes to relationships and when it comes to um, making the right selection, because I do think kind of going back to what we were saying about if someone doesn't have a growth mindset, if they can't have these conversations, then sometimes it becomes, you know, a dead end. So when it comes to selection and you're choosing somebody to be with, how do you know if it's them, if it's them and the timing, or if it's you and them together? I've come to believe that timing is, timing is is pretty paramount mm -hmm. to these things. There's wiggle room in there. You can be kind of ready, uh, thinking of, you know, your life has shifted and you meet someone who pushes you over the edge mm -hmm. and you go, wow, okay. I, you know, and it, you evolve, you have a growth spurt a little quicker than you would have had if you hadn't met them. Um, I don't have too much faith in relationships where the timing is horrible and someone is absolutely not ready and someone doesn't is, is adamant against a relationship. 
and someone comes along to change their mind. And you don't think in those moments they should tell themselves, well, maybe it's just timing and I should stay with them. Because I think that that becomes a lot like, oh, well, maybe in a year or two when the timing is right for them. Well, firstly, you staying with them isn't going to make them more ready. <laughs> in, in some ways, you stunt their development by staying with them. For a lot of people, it keeps them... It, it keeps them in that phase of not being able to work through the things they need to work through in order to become ready. Mm. Now, look, that's fine. If you're, if you're a certain age where you're just enjoying being with someone and you're also willing to say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm happy to lose three years here. I'm, I'm, I, and I wouldn't see it as a loss because I just love this person and we're having a great time. And if, you know, if at the end of three years, they're still not in a place where they're ready, I've got plenty of time to go and do the things do I want to do. Do you think people actually say that? Or do you think like, oh, it was three years. And then three years you're like, but I've spent this long. Yeah, like, the, there's the, that. This is called the sunk cost bias or the sunk cost fallacy. Right. Pot committed. Yeah. We, when we keep throwing good time after bad. The, the fallacy is that because I've invested this much time and energy, I should, I now have to make it work. Th that is the easiest way to throw away your life. Uh, you, you mustn't. You, I, I can't stress this enough. Mm. People must not do this. You have to assume that what someone's telling you about what they want is the reality. If they're telling you they, they don't want to get married or if they're telling you they don't want kids or if they're telling you that they still want to play the field, you have to, have to, have to take that at face value. Mm. It doesn't matter how much you want the thing. It's not going to change because you want it more. Someone's not going to love you more because you love them more. It is a terrible, terrible wager that people make. People for whom it's the wrong time aren't even usually emotionally open enough mm -hmm. to see the person in front of them for all that they are. You, you don't... You don't really know people because you don't really get to know people on that level. If you're not serious, if you're not genuinely looking to build something amazing, you can have a connection, you can have chemistry, you can even love a bunch of things about a person, but, but you're not as invested in knowing them, in their journey, in really building something deep together and uncovering more about each other and, and being curious about the deepest parts of them. You, you're, you are closed off to a certain level of connection. So when you're with someone and you think they're in love with me, I'm in love with them, but they're just not ready. You're discounting the kind of relationship you would be in with them if they were a kind of person that was ready. It, wouldn't, it would be different to the one you're in right now. You're convinced this is a relationship that has the depth you're looking for. But if you're with someone who's not ready, they're holding a piece of themselves back still that you don't even know they're holding back. That you can't even feel they're holding back. Because it's not visible and you can't know what they haven't shown you yet. I really believe that we should, if for anyone out there who is looking for a real relationship, you should prize meeting someone. I'm not saying go into every first date asking what are you looking for. But I really? am- Really? You wouldn't? I think I- just naturally, well, I think can, I would have. Well, you can actually say that everything's tone. 
Yeah. If you can say it in a very conversational way, like, you know, how's your experience on the apps? I don't know what you're looking for. Like, are you are, are you someone who's on the apps because you're, you're excited about meeting someone special or are right. you just having fun? Yeah. Like, it, you almost, when you're throwing out a serious question, you don't have to say it in a really serious way. <laughs> you can ask a serious question in a casual way. Sometimes that's even nice from the point of view of, I, I want you to answer honestly. So I actually want you to be relaxed mm. and I want you to not feel like there's pressure in your answer. I don't, maybe I don't even necessarily want you to know that there's a right answer right now. Mm. I just want you to talk to me. Just tell me about yourself. So it's, it's not, I don't think you can't ask. I'm just, you know, it's not about, you don't have to put someone on interrogation sure. in that first date. But I do think that we should be looking for someone that we know is actually open to a real relationship and anyone else it's a waste of time mm. but Matt I met someone and they weren't ready and blah 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 and now they are and we're together and whatever good for you that's great that's you're the exception because for mm. every one of you I can list 20 people who staked their time and their lives on someone changing and that person didn't change mm. now there's lots of nuance in this if someone tells you I'm not sure I'm ready, then you, you have to do some calculations. You have to say, okay, I like this person. They're saying they're not sure I'm ready. That's an immediate giant red flag. It's not them saying, by the way, I'm not sure I know you well enough yet. That's fine. <laughs> That's That's, let's get to know each other better then. Yeah. If they're saying, I'm not sure I'm ready for a relationship, that is a giant red flag. They are telling you today, I am going to hurt you. In case you didn't hear, I am going to hurt you. They're telling you to your face that you are going to get your heart broken here. So you have to make a decision with that. Do I want to continue to invest in someone who says they're not sure they're ready for a relationship? Mm. Do you really want to do that? Now, you may say if you're 25 and you're like, well, whatever. Yeah. Then I'm just going to have fun and we'll see where this goes. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not judging that. Right. But if you find yourself at a stage in your life where you, you know you are ready for something real and you're excited about that and you've got someone in front of you who isn't just assessing whether you're right for them, but is assessing whether a relationship is even exciting to them, why get into that situation? Why bother? Why spend the time? It, it's... It's like someone on the street. It's hard enough to sell someone a car who wants a car because <laughs> they have options, right? You want a car while well, I'm in the Honda dealership. I'm trying to convince you that you want a Honda. Don't go to Ford. Hondas are great. This is going to last you forever and it's safe. And I'm going to take like, I'm, don't go to, I, that's a hard enough job as it is. I'm already competing with every other car manufacturer in the world. And I'm not just competing with those, I'm competing with all the other dealers. <laughs> right. I, the I need cars. my commission, exactly. <laughs> but imagine walking up to someone on the street and trying to sell them a car when they don't even want a car. Mm. You're trying to sell them a Honda and they're going, but I don't want to drive. Mm. I'm not sure I even want to drive. I really like my bike. All your work is ahead of you just to get them to want a car. Now you've got to convince them to want a Honda. 
And even that word that you said as well, by the way, convince, even that I would repeat to myself because I don't like how that would make me feel. <clears throat> if someone's with me, they should be with me because they want to, not because I've convinced them. Yeah. And even just that, even if I get the end goal of being with them, the path itself to get there is like night or day. It's like if they got there on their own, amazing, like Tom. But if I had to convince oh them and give them God. every reason why they should be with me and they finally do, I'm never going to be secure. There's always going to be sure. that complete insecureness. A relationship's hard enough when you're excited about right. one. Right, yes. When you want one, it's hard enough. Mm. And the journey of going from being more excited about being single or not just wanting the hassle of a relationship and, and enjoying being your own. The journey of that to, I'm really open to a relationship. That's something that feels right to me in my life now. That's not an easy shift. That takes time and it takes growth and it takes having lived a little and having explored things and realized what it is you really want in life. It's not, that's not like a, a, a quick little, I woke up this morning and wanted a relationship. Mm. It's a shift in the way that I'm thinking about life and what's fulfilling in mm -hmm. life. You really want to take on the role of making that shift for someone else. And you want to stake your time on that. Love isn't enough. It's not. Compatibility is crucial. Love isn't enough. You need compatibility too. And people throw away their lives on this notion of loving someone so much. I just love them so much, I couldn't let them go. And they were willing to, to sacrifice their life, their happiness, their soul, eroding their confidence in the process. Because when you're not true to yourself and you're not making yourself happy and your needs aren't being met, you start to hate yourself, you resent yourself, and you, and you loathe yourself even more because you can't walk away. And now that makes you feel like you're not strong eroding your sense of joy in life, praying, hoping that one day your needs will be met. You are in a relationship with the person you are with today, period. That, that's who you're in a relationship with. And that's, assume that the relationship you're in right now is the relationship you're gonna be in forever. And if that's not tenable for you, get out. Mm -hmm. Leave that relationship. The relationship will change and evolve, sure. All relationships do. Esther Perel said, some people have multiple partners or have multiple relationships in their lives. Other people have multiple relationships. It's just with the same person, <laughs> right? And that's true. We're all, even if we're with the same person, we're gonna have many different relationships with that person. But assuming that the relationship that evolves is gonna fit the template that you want for somebody else, that's fantasy. Jacob M. Broad said, consider how hard it is to change yourself and you'll realize how foolish it is to expect that you can change somebody else. We wake up in January and most of us want to go to the gym. Most of us want to lose a few pounds. Most of us want to get in better shape. And three weeks later, we're eating pizza and doing the same things we've always done. Right? That's how hard it is to change. It's hard to change when we want to change more than anything in the world. It's hard to quit smoking when you know you're going to die from smoking. So what makes, what's this arrogance? that we think that we're powerful enough to make someone quit smoking who doesn't even want to quit. That we're powerful enough to make someone want a, want a relationship who doesn't even want a relationship. It's not that it, there's never a chance that it could go in your favor. It's that you would be a fool to stake your time on the idea that it will go 
in your favor. And life is so painfully, painfully short. How much time do we have? You'll never, you're 33, you'll never get 33 back again. You get to be 33 once. The decade of your 40s, you get to do it once. You don't get to come back and do your 40s again. It is so short. And there are people I love in, in this lifetime more than anything who, who, who I wish I could have got to sooner and given them this information sooner. I'm so, I say this so forcefully because there's someone watching this interview right now whose life can actually be saved by hearing this right now instead of not hearing it. That's why I do what I do. I'm sure it's why you do what you do. You know in your heart that if you can be a new piece of input at the right moment in someone's life, that they just someone's watching this right now, they just chose to watch this YouTube video. They didn't know you or they didn't know me. They're just like, they like the title and they watch this YouTube video. But because they watched it, this will change the course of their life because they won't lie to themselves anymore. They've been in this situation with this guy who's been giving them the same line for five years about, eh, I don't really know what I want, but she stays anyway because she loves him so much. Well, this might be the moment where she watches this video and goes, fuck this. This is not... I." I'm never again going to stake my life on the idea that this is going to change. Let me find someone who has the same outlook as me, who has the same goals as me. That's why I do what I do, because you can, you can save someone's life by getting them the right message in the right moment. But people need to hear it. And to hear it, they need to know just how high the stakes actually are. There are things that, that are life and death decisions, not because making the wrong decision will literally kill you, but because it will be the, the death of the rest of your time in this world. It will be the death of your happiness. It will be the death of your soul. It will be the death of your confidence. And, and then what is life? What's the, what kind of life are we living? If the next 30 years play out with me being unhappy and me not having my needs met, I'm so afraid to leave. Well, be afraid of staying because what kind of life are you going to have if you stay? The, 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 the pain that you're in right now, you're going to feel pain either way. Leave or stay, you'll feel pain. You know, you'll feel pain if you leave. You will. You will. It's not you're going to leave and you're going to feel like you've done the wrong thing and you're going to be lonely and you're going to feel like you're never going to meet anyone again and you're going to be heartbroken. You're going to question yourself. You're going to doubt yourself. All of that is true. But you have all this pain staying here anyway. So at least have the pain that's a question mark. This pain is a period. It's not a question mark. At least leaving means possibility. Promise. Hope. Something different, my God. Be honest with yourself about how miserable something's actually making you. Whilst you're being honest about how much you love someone, about how much you, you know, it's hard to let go, about how much you really care about them, be honest with yourself about how miserable you are too, because that's the part where people lie to themselves and they lie to their friends and they put on a brave face. How's it going? Oh, it's good, you know. Yeah, everything's going okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And they're miserable and they're anxious and they're depressed. Don't lie to yourself about that. Fine, give the relationship the honest try. Tell someone what you need. Tell someone what you want it to be. Give your all. See if it can be that. 
But stop lying to yourself if every time you turn the page, it's the same page of writing. Dude, that was so passionate and beautiful. Um, where can people find you? What are you up to these days? Where can people check out all your stuff? There's a thing that I'm doing right now that a lot of people are really enjoying. I have a 30 day, I suppose, confidence challenge that over 30 days gives people five very practical missions that if they do them will improve their confidence measurably. At the end of 30 days, you are gonna have a renewed sense of, of empowerment, of confidence. Wow. And, and if you are in a place in your life where you wanna get up the confidence to make some key decisions, to start something you've been meaning to start, to end something you've been meaning to end, this is gonna build muscle in those 30 days to then go and take on those difficult things. So for anyone who wants to sign up, it's at mhchallenge.com. Uh, you can sign up for free and it, there's no charge. Nice. It's just a 30 day nice. experience for people to come be part of. Awesome, we'll put the link in the description below.